today on CityCast Boise. Valley Regional Transit is about to go through some pretty big changes, but what does that mean for people who use the bus? Ian Max Stevenson from the Idaho Statesman is here to explain the redesign and tell us how VRT hopes shrinking their service area will actually increase their ridership. It's Monday, October 16th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise is talking about. Hi, Ian. Welcome back. Hey, Emma. Thanks for having me. So Valley Regional Transit board members just passed this Better Bus Initiative. What was the purpose behind this proposal? So the idea here is to take the Treasure Valley's limited bus service and improve it by upping the frequency at which buses come, thereby trying to encourage more riders and trying to get better service in the system as a whole. For a long time now that the Boise area has struggled with public transportation, and that's something that the head of Valley Regional Transit or VRT, Elaine Clegg, is focused on trying to change. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I have two kids who regularly ride. We're big bus riders over here. Nice. Uh, as soon as the kids were like 12, I get them a bus pass. I'm like, all right, get out there. Check it out. Because I think it's such a good way for kids. You, I rode with them in the first couple of times. To, but I think it's such a good way for kids to build independence and kind of start to see the city and kind of get, you know, just to start to feel like a little bit more of a, a young adult. But uh, so I'm excited that they're expanding these because, you know, my kid rides to work every day and he really sometimes has to wait a pretty good chunk of time in between buses. So what are some changes that we're going to see through this redesign? Yeah, so that's a good question. And there are, it is pretty, even though it's limited bus service, there are a lot of routes. And I think sort of in general, a lot of it comes down to realigning or readjusting these routes. So some routes are going to get combined. Some are getting more frequent service. So if they've got um, bus coming every hour now, it might start coming every half hour during parts of the day or uh, every 15 minutes during peak times, which is generally in the morning and evening when people, most people commute. And because of the consolidations, that means that some places, um, some streets that currently have bus service will not in the future. So riders may need to walk to a different location to catch their bus or figure out a different connection to get where they're going. So for example, the bus route out to Harris Ranch that's going to become a one-way loop, which is a change. So depending on where you live, there there are going to be some changes likely to the buses. So it might mean that when these go into effect, people are going to need to kind of look at the new routes and figure out how to get where they need to go. Okay. So so the biggest change here is pretty much more buses and some changed routes. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would imagine a lot of people will think that the biggest change is what's going to happen to their particular bus route because um, yeah. that could affect their commute time or their route to work. But yeah, I think the biggest change is the overall picture. For much of this year, it looked like VRT was going to have to make some pretty major cuts to bus service because the costs of operating the system are growing and it has very limited funding. Uh, but as the planning process unfolded, VRT realized that they were actually going to be able to increase service in a lot of areas. And that basically means streamlining. So it's some, you know, the the overall coverage area is declining a little bit, but um, they're going to be faster services on more routes than there are today. And so they hope that that'll actually mean more people are going to be riding the bus. So does this redesign have any negative impacts? Like I'm thinking of the people who might be outside, like you said, it's going to shrink a little, but is there anything riders should be concerned about other than maybe their route going away? There are some service areas that are going to change or go away. For instance, 
Um, service on Oahe Street between Overland and Elder Street is going away, um, as is some of the service on Five Mile, on McMillan and Curtis, and um, pieces of Maple Grove, Milwaukee, and Overland. Um, so that will mean that some people may end up a little bit farther from a bus stop. Uh, the, the plans, as they are planned to be, will decrease the number of people within a quarter mile of service by about 3%, according to VRT data. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be able to use the bus. For instance, if you live in Canyon County or Eagle, there's something called VRT On Demand, where you can, through their app, you can book a ride and they'll come close to where you are and take you close to where you're going. And in much of Boise, you can also use, uh, they have a Lyft service, a partnership with um, the ride hailing service Lyft, where if, if you're within two miles of a bus stop, you can get a ride to your house or a ride from your house to the bus stop for, for $2. So overall, I think that based on the data that they, that they have, the number of hours buses will be running on the street is going to increase by about 14%. And the number of people living within a quarter mile of 15-minute service will go up by a third. And the number of people living within a quarter mile of 30-minute service will double. So as I was saying before, it's kind of a, there's a bit of shrinkage of the overall picture, but then a pretty um, pretty significant increase in the number of people that are living close to faster service. And I think when people talk about you know the bus service, I often hear a lot of people say, "Oh, well, it comes only once an hour. It only comes. It doesn't come very often, and that makes it hard for me to plan my day around getting somewhere." And I think the idea is that if they if they increase it, maybe more people will feel comfortable or feel able to commute or get around this way. Yeah, this seems great. I mean, everything you're telling me, I think, sounds like they're nailing it. Like more, you know, my my son's time, he has to wait an hour for the bus pretty often. And if that came every 15 minutes, or like you said, even every half hour, that really does improve his day so much. So let's talk about the process leading up to this redesign. Like, how are these decisions made? Yeah, so VRT has been working on this redesign uh, since the spring. Uh, they've done some surveys. They've held meetings with city councils in the Treasure Valley. Uh, they've also done analysis of their route use because they know how many riders are on each route, how many people are getting on the bus on a, on a particular route every day. And they've largely focused on improving the service that's on their higher use routes. So these are the routes that have the most people on them, most riders every day, places like State Street. They're going to be altering service when it's not used as much. So they're kind of throughout this, I think they were looking at the data they have to look at where to focus their resources to best serve the people who um, who ride the bus most often. Well, you mentioned funding earlier, and I want to talk more about that. It's like, what do we need to know? I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty well known that VRT has never had enough money, that public transportation in Boise never gets enough money, and they are doing their best with what they have. But can we talk a little more about that? Like, where does the funding come from? And what do people need to know about that? Yeah, so I think it's probably the biggest part of this conversation. And as you mentioned, you know, I think parts of it are, are known, parts of it probably less so. So I think the biggest thing is that VRT has no state funding and it's not able to raise its own taxes. So most, if you go to most cities in America that are of the size of Boise or a little bit bigger, um, they either likely get money sent to them, allocated to them every year by the state transportation department. Or they have some local taxing authority. Often that comes through sales tax, like a local sales tax that 
the transit authority is able to impose and they use that to meet their um, annual budgets. That's not the case in Boise. And VRT has done some studies on this to kind of illustrate the differences. So um, this is from 2020 data. VRT has about $46.5 in transit funds per capita. And they're getting that funding from uh, local cities because they don't get it from the state and because they don't have their own taxing authority. Uh, cities like Boise, Meridian are chipping in money from their usually property tax revenue and using that to um, fund their annual appropriations. So as I said, based on the 2020 data, about $46.5 in transit funds per capita, while Salt Lake City down the road from us has $193 per capita. Um, so that's much higher. They have a local sales tax there. And Madison, Wisconsin is another example, relatively similar sized, has $215.5 per capita. And San Francisco, take a big city, has $989 per capita. What? 900? That's that's incredible. And I've ridden, um, I lived in the Bay Area and I've ridden the BART and their public transportation is incredible. So if people are like, that's way too much. No, it's definitely like, that's how you make up working public transit and keep cars off the road. But that is really stark, the, the difference in those numbers. Yeah. And so I think it kind of illustrates that the amount of money you put in your transit system really really has a big difference on how often it comes, the places it goes, and also whether you have things like light rail. You know, we just have bus service here. Other places have light rail, trains, various other ways of getting around. In general, in the last few years, were we seeing more or less people riding the bus? So during COVID, ridership definitely declined. It went down from over a million annual riders in 2019 to under 800,000 in 2021. Uh, but that number has been ticking back up over the last couple of years to 872,000 in 2022. And VRT predicts that ridership will go up by about 20% under these under this proposed redesign that they're, um, or sorry, not proposed redesign, it's now finalized redesign. Um, so they think it's going to go up to about 1.2 million people in the coming year. So what are they saying about these new routes? Like how, how many, exactly how many new routes are they planning to have here? As I said, a lot of it's kind of, about consolidation or altering routes. So right now there are 22 routes and that's gonna drop to 21 routes under the new service. So, and that's because of the various ones that are getting combined or altered um, under the new system. That doesn't seem super drastic. Losing one route, but adding 10 more buses, it sounds like, sounds pretty good, right? Like that sounds like a big improvement to me. What's the timeline on this? When will we see all these changes? So most of these changes are going to affect next summer, 2024. So there's still actually a fair amount of time that riders will still be riding the current system, the current layout. If people want to learn more, I really recommend going to VRT's website and checking out their service changes page. They have a, if you're curious about your particular route, they have a pretty detailed explanation of how it's going to change. And they also have a, a map where you can zoom in and see different routes and see the coverage area um, and just kind of look at the changes that are going to be coming. Nice. So anything else people should know about this, about these changes? Maybe one other thing is they're also going to be making some changes to bus stops. They're trying to make it um, a little bit easier for people to understand when the next bus is coming, what the connections are to a particular stop, get more stops that have actual real-time screens that like will flash what time the bus is coming. So I think that's another thing for people to keep an eye out uh, at their bus stops, see what changes are coming to the actual physical stops themselves. 
Um, well, this is this is all super great. And thank you for this. your reporting on this. We really appreciate it. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, you've been here for how long have you how long have you been in Boise now? Over two years, two and a half years. Oh, two years. And you're settling in. I want to ask you, uh, what's your biggest frustration with Boise so far in the two <laughs> years? Go ahead. You can say it. <laughs> That's what we're here for. I, I mean, I bike around a lot mm. and Boise is a great city for biking largely. I have not heard that, Ian. That No one is saying that. That's sweet of you to, we appreciate the love. Yeah, but no, no one's saying that. <laughs> uh, but I guess on the topic of transit, I do sometimes trying to get somewhere and it's it's hard with the bus service because, you know, maybe I can get where I'm going, but if I'm going to be there till later in the evening, the bus service will end before I'm able to get back home. So I'll be kind of stranded where I'm going. So I think that's been a, been a challenge uh, as I've tried to get around town is sometimes sometimes the transit as it is uh, doesn't necessarily work for a lot of people. So you're not just a reporter on this, you're a user. And <laughs> are you are you personally excited about these changes? Uh, I'm I'm curious to see what happens. I mean, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they do get more riders and because upping the frequency um, in theory, that'll mean that people who are along those corridors will you know, be more inclined to use the bus or more more of them will be inclined to use the bus because of those faster times. And so, yeah, I'm curious to see if that happens. Well, I don't want to I don't want to leave you on a complaining note. So what's your favorite <laughs> thing in Boise right now? I'm pretty excited about fall. I like the, the leaves changing color. Yeah. October in Boise can't be beat. I know I complain about this city tons because that's just just who I am. Uh, no matter where you put me, I'm going to be a complainer. But honestly, nothing beats October in Boise. It's so pretty, so gorgeous out. And, the, and this weather we're having, oh my gosh, I love yes. it. So, yes. well, good. I'm glad, I'm glad you're also loving it too. So, uh, Ian, thanks so much for this reporting. We really appreciate it. And thanks for making time for us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends on the bus. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more local stories from around the city. Bye. Bye.